0: A lot the we've seen the
1: Pod BN. Three, two, one, here we go. From the Play Normal Esports Studio, this is Pod BN. I am Tyson. My name's Justin. We're talking to people doing big things in Bloomington Normal. Today we're going to talk to Noah Riley, the owner of Bloom's Coffee Shop.
0: But first, as always, we want to thank our sponsor, PlayNormal Esports, located at 802 South Dorado Road in Bloomington. This coming Saturday, 6-9, March 14th, Call of Duty 2 vs. 2 tournament. They have tournaments going all the time, though, so be sure to check them out at PlayNormalEsports.com.
1: Awesome. We just started. There's like an internal podcast that just started at State Farm, and uh, apparently the feedback they got is that since they don't do ads, it's not a real, uh, it's not a real podcast. (laughs) So they're um, they're wondering what they should be doing about that. But anyway, Noah, welcome to the show. Thanks for stopping by. How's it going? So I'm happy you uh, wanted to come and talk to us because I for about 10 years I had my eye on the spot where uh, Bloom's Coffee is, and I kept thinking someone's got to move in there because um, we my kid goes to. My children have all gone to uh, Noah's Ark mm-hmm. uh, preschool, which is at St. John's. Then we go there on the weekend, so we're there almost every single day, and we're always in dire need of coffee. So, <laughs> can you uh, can you tell us a little bit about how your shop came to be? About.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, so originally, you know, um, I've been I've been doing coffee for a really long time, and we had looked for a shop that was kind of in the you know the Portland area for a while, and it's real estate out there is so expensive, and uh, a big part of it too is um, my family lives more this direction, and uh, and so I'd kind of been feeling the pull to move for a while. So we started looking at other areas and just uh, kind of branching out like hundreds of miles just trying to see what we could find as far as a good spot and this one popped up out of the blue. It was just super easy to find. and. Um uh, right next to the high school, the different universities, um, kind of central to a couple, you know, headquarters for a couple different companies. And it wasn't like directly on the main road, but it wasn't on like, you know, a a residential street either. So it was a good spot for us and kind of a corner, corner spot for us too. so. So
1: you're out on the West coast then?
2: Uh, yeah. So, uh, so I spent the last like five years out in Portland and um, in Portland area, Washington, and stuff like that. I, I worked before this as a, a project manager for a telecom company, and uh, just did tons of fiber optics from Idaho all the way to the ocean. So it's a lot of fun. But this is this is a little more my vibe. You know, I love making coffee in the in the morning. So how'd you get into the coffee biz then um well when i was what 14 15 i got my first job well one of my first jobs at a coffee shop it was called great lakes chocolate coffee it's out of sturgis michigan and they're still there they rebranded to five lakes but um but they're a cool a cool little shop and uh and they have a like i don't know five or six locations down. i don't remember exactly how many but um but they had chocolate and they had coffee and it was the best thing ever i'd go to work I'd smell the two best things in the world all day long, and then I'd smell like them when I came home. So obviously, it was it was a, a cool thing um, when I when you know when I was younger. Nowadays, it's like you know TikToks and all that stuff. <laughs> but when I was younger, that was kind of the cool things. You had a job and you working at the cool coffee shop in town and stuff. So,
1: um, so you, you picked up your skills there. Of yes. Knowing what to do. Yeah, of course. What do you have to learn to be a good barista?
2: Oh man, <laughs> what don't you have to learn? Uh, I I think there's just so much more involved in being a barista than what people realize. Um, when we came here, there's not very many baristas in town. Uh, obviously, out in Portland, uh, you know, you put up an ad, you get hundreds of baristas. They, you know, there's coffee shops all over the town. Mm-hmm. It's uh, per capita. I think it's the most coffee shops in in like the United States. And, um, and so it's easy to find baristas there here. Um, you know, it's a lot more difficult. So you kind of have to like, okay, well, what, what do we definitely need? Number one, we need customer service. Uh, that's the most important thing. I think whenever you're doing any kind of role in food service or otherwise, um, customer service, and then also can you learn quick and then can you move quick? If you can do those things, then I can teach you, you know, so there's a lot more to it after that, but, um, you know, latte are, you know, you have to know your different milks and flavors and sauces. And I think Probably the hardest thing for people, or at least the learning curve, is, like, the measurements. Um, like, really going for, like, exactly how much coffee you need or exactly how much milk you need or exactly how much syrup you need. And um, and kind of creating more of a recipe in your head than you are, you know, just kind of, like, following all these tiny little things. I mean, we do follow all these things, but um, but really kind of getting a feel for it. Um, you know, that that's the learning curve right there. So,
1: How do you get – how do you um – like, understand what those different measurements need to be. Is there like Italian traditions and customs that oh, you follow? Oh, of course. Or? Yeah, okay. I mean, uh,
2: there's things from yeah a long time ago that have followed all the way here. And even now nowadays, obviously, you have like real Chinese food and you have American Chinese food, you have like, sure. Mexican, you have real. Yeah. But, um, but then, uh, you know, with coffee, you kind of have the same thing. It's like Italian coffee, you have American coffee, all these different types. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the cool thing about coffee is, you know, it's kind of turned and molded into this way where nobody has all the answers when it comes to coffee. You know, you can do it one way or another, and it's still going to taste great. Um, you know, there's different procedures and processes for brewing methods and all that stuff, and each one of them have their own different flavors. and. Taste profiles that kind of come out of the woodwork when you work with them. So, um, so I guess uh, you know, for us, we we wanted to marry a little bit of specialty coffee with a lot of bit of convenience factor, and that's kind of why we we're looking for like a drive through unit. Um, if we we were kind of at first we were looking for like inside drive through, but those were a lot more rare, um, and so these were there were a couple more of these, and this was the best location we could find as far as like everything involved. So.
1: And when you say specialty coffee, what's that mean? How do you distinguish between, was it bulk coffee? Is that the opposite of specialty coffee? Well,
2: yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So there's, like I said, there's different methods for doing everything. One of those uh, popular methods for one of the big... Its names in coffee is uh, to over roast. So it's a it's a it's a method that they use for like coffee that has like defects in it and stuff like that. You over roast it and then you kind of hide some of the defects, but you get more of a burnt profile. Um, so a lot of people say, "Oh, that tastes kind of burnt." I'm not sure why. You know, that's that's particularly why. And then also, um, you know, different companies branching out now though, where they are, you know, part in bulk and then they're part in specialty, and then they have. You know, some people have so many connections that they have multiple specialties, which are really great to do, um, especially if you, you know, depending on who you work with as a, you know, as like a... Uh, distributor and stuff like that, too. How much has, like, Starbucks influenced small coffee shops on what they make? Oh, man. I mean, endlessly. Uh, when you have that much marketing power, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can teach entire generations at a time. And what you teach them, I mean, I think is very important. Um, you know, how you teach them as well. And um, <clears throat> and so you have this kind of huge flux of people learning coffee, but kind of learning it in a distorted way, not necessarily a purest way, Mm -hmm. but but you do have then like Starbucks Reserve where they're coming in and they're kind of creating a specialty design and aspects and all of that. So you can kind of get a feel for both. Um, So if you've never been to a Reserve shop of Starbucks, I highly recommend it. There's a new one that opened in Chicago. It's like four floors, whatever Mm -hmm. now I'm advertising for Starbucks.
1: (laughs) 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 So uh, when you say... uh, Maybe unpack that a little bit. Of course. It's it's teaching people certain things. What what kind of things is it teaching people?
2: Um, Teaching people, you know, what coffee tastes like, um, what sweet coffee tastes like, and then um, teaching people, like, you know, what is a nitro cold brew? You know, let's say Starbucks didn't exist, right? And I wanted to create a nitro cold brew. I created one, and then I'm, you know, giving it out the window and stuff like that who's going to know that like what a nitro is unless I tell them, you know. So I'm educating them in that way. And I'm like, yeah, this is what a nitro is. Try it. I you know you'll love it, you know. And then some people have flavor for it. Some people don't. Well, then uh, Starbucks, they came through with an ad profile of uh, basically um, – what's that guy uh, – Bill Nye, the science guy or whatever. Mm -hmm. So an ad profile, if you look it up on YouTube, Bill Nye, the science guy, cold brew. And he goes through this whole big, like, scientific method of how they do cold brew and how it's created and why (laughs) the Mm. taste is different and all of this stuff. And the marketing value of that, the education level of that is just like, wow. Like, come on. You know, it's, it's, it's. It's kind of cutting edge in the sense of marketing, you know, so it's kind of cool to see, especially in the coffee world, because, you know, post-Starbucks, you wouldn't have any of that. You wouldn't, you know, have a whole generation that will see nitro, and then otherwise, without Starbucks, you'd have a whole generation that wouldn't see nitro, you know, so kind of cool. And where's your, sh- where's your shop located? What's the address? So 1209 and a half
0: Tawanda. Took okay. us a while to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been open?
2: Um, we've been open since August of last year. Okay, uh, so. August 9th. So I don't know how many months that is. That's all okay. It's a lot of months. <laughs> and, and so
0: you moved here specifically to open a business? Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um,
0: we don't hear too much of that in Illinois. Um so, yes. so, so talk through that. I mean, you said that you were looking at a, like a 100-mile radius. Was that all? where else did you look and why did you choose this spot? Was it just because of the building and the location or was there other factors involved?
2: Um, mainly the building and the location. Um, th- there's definitely always other factors involved even if you don't really consider them at first hand but they kind of are natural factors. Um, my sister lives in Chicago my mom lives in Michigan so it was a good central location for me. Yeah. Um, I knew that the other partners weren't necessarily going to want to live here um, uh, or be here all the time. Um, I knew they would kind of visit and stuff. But um, And so for me I just wanted to central location place i could fly in and out of and not have any trouble you know and you guys had two airports you have the peoria airport you have bloomington airport and then chicago's not far away indianapolis isn't far away so if i need to fly out anywhere i can you know which i do travel a lot so um you know some weeks i'll be here some weeks i won't be here and um and so it's just a little easier for me has there been any surprises uh either way whether living here or, or having the business here since you opened up in august i think the biggest surprise was how much taxes are actually yeah <laughs> um i mean you, you kind of had an idea like oh yeah that's that's a little more taxes than what we pay um you know in the northwest or even in michigan or whatever but then when it actually like you know, rubber meets road and you're actually doing it <clears throat> you're like wow they they literally take like half of half of all our profit like literally half of it you know it mm-hmm. just goes right out to the government so that i think was the biggest eye-opener it's like okay when well, you know, in the future, we'll we'll see that, and we'll kind of rethink it. But obviously, there's tons of businesses still opening in Illinois, and there's tons of businesses kind of flexing in and out and stuff like that. So it's not like it can't work. It's just that I think has been our kind of struggle with okay, how high do we make our prices to try and meet this margin that we're trying to meet with taxes and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but that's getting into all the financial stuff. So well,
1: that's fine. Um, is there anything about the Community, Bloomington Normal community that stood out to you. Oh yeah, you've been here for a while.
2: Yeah, no, I I love I love how there's so many different types of like you have like the the you know like Indiana Wesleyan kind of. Uh, m- you know educated students that are like really into like education and learning and all that mm-hmm. and then you have like ICU, and they're there there's some of them that are really into learning and then others that are really into partying and stuff <laughs> like that so you got these mixes of like uh culture and then you have all the high school students and they just kind of wander over and um and then the working class and it's just such a nice flux of like because we were thinking okay our, probably the main is going to be our like you know teens and like college students but actually our main base has been working class you know and people getting to work and Getting their coffee early morning, so I, I didn't think there would be that much of a desire for it uh, from the working class. But there's definitely a huge desire for it.
1: Yeah,
2: I think I was driving by uh, Starbucks today, and there's just this endless line, mm-hmm. you know, of cars. And I'm like, man, if only the, like half of those people knew that we were over there, then it'd be great, you know. Right. So, but yeah. you can only do so much marketing and, and stuff like that when you're a small business.
1: Well, it's kind of a bummer that the post office closed because because um, this is um, this is in the lot that the. Old post office on Tuwana was in, mm-hmm. so I'm sure that wasn't a pleasant surprise for you. Well,
2: um, we actually knew it was happening oh, you did? Okay. since since we bought the building, and um, and a part of that was um, there's a couple things. So. Uh, we were looking at this kind of long-term and like, okay, is this something we would want to franchise in the future? Yes. Uh, in any way, shape, or form we developed it, it would be something we would want to expand and grow in the future. Okay. So this
1: guy, um, is this a pilot yes, thing? Yes, exactly. Okay. And even
2: if we, like, say we decided to get out of it all together and sold it, we would still want that person, whoever bought it, to expand it and it to grow like that and so that's kind of why I set it up the way I did and then also um in the area I set it up in because I knew it wouldn't be like perfectly successful and there's a number of reasons why I didn't want it to be like crazy awesome right off the bat even though it kind of was with the Instagram marketing I think our first day we did like 600 cars and thousand drinks or something so that was a little more than what we anticipated but good and bad um I guess the biggest reason is because we knew we didn't have all our ducks in a row. So we wanted some time to kind of like, okay, let's nail out these kind of things. Do we want this much shrimp? Do we want this much? You know, so we kind of wanted to iron all those things out. And then um, the other reason, too, was we knew the post office was going to leave eventually. And we wanted to see, okay, how does that affect our business and how does that affect the growth model when? you know, a business leaves on you, you know, because say you go into this really nice area and then all of a sudden the growth starts to happen in another part of the town and you have these businesses that leave you. What's that going to look like to your business? So there are aspects about um, moving into that spot that we really liked, um, you know, like I said, we we knew exactly how much road traffic was on there, and by deduction, I could assume how much road traffic we were going to lose with the post office moving out, and and I was almost exactly right on. So mm. um, so it didn't affect us um, hardly any actually. Oh. I think the most thing that's affected us is um, just uh, consistency. Um, people like knowledge, knowing that we're there and knowing who we are and stuff like that. And then also, I think the biggest thing was uh, we had some negative press at, at a point, and I think that affected some of the business too. Oh wow. yeah,
1: I didn't hear about that. Would you would you be willing to kind of talk about that? Yeah, Maybe straight of course. Straighten out what
2: really happened. Well, um, yeah, there was uh, there was just a little bit of negative press, and, and guess what happened was um, there was a, a worker that we were gonna um, bring onto the team, and um, and she kind of got on prematurely in a sense. Um, We definitely were going to bring her on. Um, I just I had I was in the middle of a lot of different things, and so I was going to introduce her to an owner that was visiting and stuff. And um, and so I said some some things in the in like a negative light. I was like, I said maybe's instead of like definitely's. And and in my mind it was definite, but there was just like the maybe's kind of came out. And so there was some offense that was taken, and then there was a post that was posted on Facebook, and it reached probably. I don't know, my my first guesstimate is probably around like or nine thousand people oh wow yeah because it had like 140 shares or more and each person that you know, shares that is gonna have 500 friends and most of those are going to be local at least ten percent so then if you do the math it's about yeah eight thousand so um, so at that point I think that was our biggest hit in business um, still still good experience though um, you know like I said no, nothing no changes or no nothing you experience is ever that bad because it, it allows you to grow and learn and stuff and um, i never had such a negative experience in business to that date, and so that was kind of cool for me. I was like, okay, this is really bad, but it's also positive because uh, I'm gonna see what kind of effect that has on a business. You know, you, you always hear about these big businesses like Starbucks or whoever, and if they get negative press, they kind of like roll with the punches and they, you know, they they absorb it and all that stuff. But you didn't you never know the amounts, the money that's actually involved with that, like how it actually affected them. So for me, I actually experienced like. That affects you, you know how much that affects you, and kind of makes you go that extra mile, never to speak bad about anybody, especially business, um, yeah. because it doesn't just hurt the business; it hurts everybody, it hurts the community, it hurts like the the workers who are there on staff, it hurts their families sometimes, you know. So it just depends, um, you know, what the what the long term uh, repercussions of something like that are. But there's always consequences to your actions. Yeah, interesting. So you you talking up to a misunderstanding then? Yes, not being clear in we the did work area. it out. Everything was um, worked out really well. Yeah, that's um that's good know, to hear. We like I said, we stay positive positive ninety nine percent of the time. <laughs> so we don't uh we don't take anything um you know to uh you know to any kind of you know um uh, legal process or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We, we love to work things out, especially when we're local and we're, you know, small business. So um, so there's that. And I think a lot of people more were just confused by the whole thing and didn't know what was going on. So they just kind of took sides and and that definitely affected
1: yeah. a lot of people. Sounds like a pretty typical social media uh, situation. That's <laughs> what it
2: was, yeah. <laughs> so you make a post and even if nothing in it is true, how many people are going to know the difference between what's true and what's not, you know? And so yeah. it's like, wow, none of those people even know me, but they're so good at like piercing in My heart—it's <laughs> <So> <laughs> like I'm just trying to be real, but but then if you try to counter it in any way, shape, or form, it's only negative that comes back to yeah. you. So it's like okay, you just have to like take it, be a man, you know, and uh, you know, and just roll with the punches. Yeah. So,
1: Justin, you said before that. Being on social media is kind of, like, required for a small business owner, mm-hmm. right? Now. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's t- it's tough not to be, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's the platform. Like, it's it's the search engine now. Yeah. Like, people don't look in the phone book to see where a coffee shop is, right?
2: They, they barely even talk to their neighbor to, like, yeah. see if they trust a business or not. They they talk to their neighbor on Facebook to right. see if they trust a business right. or
0: not. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's tough not to be.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I've really been trying to take a step back. keep keeps sucking me in every now and then, but... um.
2: So, I find that I'm happier when I'm not as engaged in social media. So I'll actually be honest about this topic. I am not on Facebook. Oh, wow. I am the only person I know who's not on Facebook. Actually, I know one other guy. He has no social media, and he's hired. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and so uh, so for, for me, I... Um, a long time you know facebook and all the politics and stuff i think it was it was during the, the trump admi- you know straight administration when that whole election was happening mm-hmm. all of that was the reason i got off you yeah. know the, the main reason cuz i was like Yes, family, and yes, photos, and yes, all of that, but no to what's uh, taking over Facebook right now. Yeah. And so for me, I just kind of like drew a line in the sand and just couldn't do it anymore, so deleted it. And the only thing I have now is Instagram, which is a lot less political, but since the Facebook buyout and stuff, you can see it's kind of working its way in little by little, so I'm yeah. trying to trying to stay away from that stuff. So
1: I actually found when I do... When I, since I'm not on social media people get real excited to talk to me sometimes because I'll just you know I'll run into someone I haven't seen in a few weeks I and mean, hey how you doing they're like well you know I haven't been too great since the car crash I'm like oh you got a car crash <laughs> and they're like yeah like, and they actually haven't told anyone about it because it's just been on Facebook so yeah. they actually like get to tell me like in person what happened to them or you know oh the baby's doing great like, you had a baby that's, <laughs> that's wonderful um, so you know it can, it can lead to some stronger uh, in person social act-
2: of course interactions too where, yeah you know, I, I see the investment. An yeah, investment, highly. I mean, yeah. if you haven't talked to somebody in a while, and then you actually have something to connect with them on, more than just small talk. Because yeah. I think that's what we're turning into with this. Already know what you're doing and everything in social media. Now the only thing I have to talk to you about is small talk, and there's no real substance to a relationship. Yeah. So. Or you can just sit together and check your phones. Yeah, <laughs> at the same time. that's fun. <laughs> it's very popular. Uh, yeah.
1: So you're. Uh, so going back to what you were talking about, then the. Um you're you been successful so far, yes. meeting your
2: goals, and we've never not had a day where we've done well. So that's okay. good, you know. And by by do well, you know, the lingo is that we broke even <laughs> mm-hmm. or did better. Yeah. So uh, so that's nice, and especially for that area, you know. And it it only has, I think, nine thousand cars a day or something like that um, so we're reaching what roughly like one percent you know we're trying to reach four but it's give or take you know on any given day so um, so I think our best day this year was um, you know like a couple weekends going a Friday so that's kind of nice to see um, and then last year we had really good days especially during the summer so our our guesstimate is that this summer we're going to do really well um, as well with the what, growth that we see
0: what kind of drinks do you have there I mean I, uh, it's easy to say coffee
2: but like do you have hot
0: high- and and... Uh, we have everything. Iced and all that Anything stuff. Anything
2: you could get anywhere else we yeah. will have. The only thing we don't technically have right now is nitro. And in the summer, if that got popular enough, I would bring it in.
0: And what, what's, what's your favorite thing that you can get, someone can get at your place? Like if, oh. if someone's going to go there, listen to this, go there for the first time, what would you recommend to them?
2: Well, if you're going there for the first time, highly recommend the White Caramel Mocha, just because that's the most popular drink we have. Um, you can get iced or hot or blended, so we do have the frappe style. Um, we also have macchiatos, um, We have pretty much anything you can get anywhere else. So, Um, you know, our coffee single origin Brazil. You know, we roast it in Portland. We ship it here, and so that in itself is kind of a step above most other shops. The other the other side of things is our cupping. Um, so we cup the these you know roasts that we do really highly. Um, if we don't have a high cupping score, then we ditch the roast. So that's what do you mean by that? So um, each time you do a roast, or each time you do a set of roasts, you do cupping profiles, which basically allow you to taste um, you know the different nodes and stuff like that that you're reaching for inside of that roast. Um, so say you have like roasters, you have a multi-roaster, and they'll do, you know, 10 different styles of coffee, you know, whether it's Brazil, Ethiopian, you know, they'll do Yurga Chef, they'll do, you know, uh, Costa Rican blend, whatever they do, and then they'll cup it, and then they'll they'll figure out what the tasting profile of that is, and then they'll give a cupping score for that for that taste, and so we always make sure we have really high taste, um, and there's different factors that kind of associate cu- cupping scores um, uh, with each different um, roast and with each different um Region. Um, and so we, we like Brazil the most. It has the right nodes that we're looking for and the profile that we're looking for. Um, not very floral at all. It's more like, you know, sugary and more like dark chocolatey and stuff like that. So that pairs really well with our sauces. Mm. So, um, but yeah, the white caramel mocha is definitely the most popular drink. I would say the next most popular drink would be. I want to say the Bonnie and Clyde um, or the Retro. It, what, it's one of those two. What's Bonnie and Clyde? Bonnie and Clyde is a mocha with um, vanilla in it. Um, and so you can get that with oat milk or almond milk or any of the milks. We have them all. So. Very good. Yeah. What, what do you drink yourself? Um, personally, I in the morning, I usually go to... Uh, um, Unless it's snowing out, and then I'll do hot. But most of the time I go iced, and I'll go towards, like, a medium with, um, like, just a dash of mocha, and then, like, a dash of something else. So I'll, I'll like a hint of, like, hazelnut or maybe a hint of uh, salted caramel. And um, and then I'll do mainly coffee and, like, oat milk. Mm-hmm. So oat milk's my favorite right now. Yeah.
0: yeah. I switched to oat milk uh, in my latte is probably... I don't know, six months ago or so. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Way better taste. And I think it just melts with everything so well. Mm-hmm. If I have to, I'll go to almond milk. Um, and if I really have to, I'll go to coconut. But yeah. And macadamia nut oh, yeah. milk is another Absolutely. one that I've had. That, it's a little sweeter. It's uh, a lot more popular in the South. Yeah. And, uh, and I love that kind of milk too. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So something I think about with these drinks is trying, so you have all this knowledge about Coffee is mm-hmm. like wine, right? Basically, having mm-hmm. notes and hints and bouquets and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then you get it, and then you like dump a bunch of like sugar syrup and milk with it. Yes. And like, can you? Like, are so people what, really going to be able to taste it through all that? Yes,
2: 100%. Is, okay. The first thing we get is, wow, your coffee is a lot stronger. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> like, but they that's because a lot of people don't have language, you know. So if you give them language, then they'll be like, oh, it actually does have that sugar, brown sugar node in there. And, oh, I'm pulling out more of the chocolate vibes, you know, and, and things like that. So if they have the language, it just depends. But most of the time people just say it's a lot stronger, <laughs> which <laughs> it is. Um, you have stronger in caffeine, caffeine and then also stronger in um, the flavor. Um, And the flavor, like I said, it's more, it's kind of like a dark um, brown sugary and then like a dark chocolatey kind of vibe. And then sometimes it can hint like a citrus um, here or there but it's, it's kind of low on the citrus it depends on how dark the roast is versus how light the roast is and mm-hmm. where we land because um, each roast is going to be different you're going to have humidity changes and all of that stuff in, in each roast
1: yeah can you walk me through what the significance of a, lar- mi- li- a light medium or dark roast is
2: yeah so a light roast it's going to be lighter on the roast just like it sounds mm-hmm. so you have a, a different type of roasters drum roasters and oven roasters and all these different types of roasters and um and so the, the normal one is a drum roaster. It's kind of a, a, a circulating, you know, or an oscillating thing. And, uh, and so as the roast gets darker, you hit a first crack and then you hit a second crack. And, and that second crack, um, you know, depending on if you taper off right then, um, as soon as you hit that, that would be kind of the lighter roast. Okay. If you let it go for like a minute beyond that or two minutes beyond that, you kind of get into the medium to darker roast. And then the further on you go, the darker the roast gets.
1: Okay. And what effect does that have?
2: Uh, flavor, 100%. So you have organic material inside the bean it's a green bean when you start roasting it and so uh or kind of kind of green to brownish you know but um but yeah and so when you start roasting that slowly changes in color goes from yellow to brown and um and then obviously the more you roast it the darker it gets
1: okay and then that's gonna give a so if i'm wanting a stronger flavor I would go with a dark Darker roast. Dark roast. Okay. Stronger
2: flavor. If you want more caffeine, you're going to go with the lighter roast.
1: Lighter roast has yeah. more caffeine. Yeah, okay. because
2: you're going to have more organic material in there, and there's going to be more caffeine in the organic
1: material. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. Um, so do you, uh, do you th- think that you're – honestly, anymore when I get a Starbucks or um, Dunkin' Donuts or something, like I can't even really taste – Coffee in it, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I just taste like I There's feel like I'm having a glass of sugar milk, <laughs> yeah. which is enjoyable. But you know, they have those at Steak and Shake too. So.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: um, am I? Is it fair to say that, or am I lacking language? No, hundred percent. You're
2: right. And, and okay, I'll I'll. Give the secret that everybody—it's the elephant in the room. The secret is they've realized people are addicted to sugar. Mm -hmm. And so the more sugar you drink, the more money you spend there. So the more sugar they're going to put in their drinks and the more money you're going to spend there. And so that's kind of the reason why we felt like it was about time that we stepped up and, like, created this kind of a thing is— you know, especially coffee realm. You know, you will never get a latte that tastes that sweet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. uh, you go to Portland. You know, you, you ask for a vanilla mocha, or you know, or vanilla latte, or even a honey latte, or anything like that. It's going to be noted um, to the same profile of your espresso. So you're going to have this much in there of sweetness, and then you're going to have the flavor of the coffee in there. And that's kind of more the artesian way of doing it, or in that sense, the more Italian or French way of doing it. And so, um, so nowadays with you know Starbucks Dunkin Donuts you know Pete's coffee even all these you know you have tons of sugar just poured into your drinks and um, and a lot of people are opting for half flavor anyways um, so I, I say don't push it on people you know and if they if they ask for it they ask for it if they don't they don't so we kind of landed right there in the middle where we put just enough to make it sweet but not so much that it's like highly addictive <laughs> yeah
1: yeah
0: We want to take a quick break to thank our sponsors at BRE Law for sponsoring this episode. BRE Law is there for you when you are injured or need legal help because they know when it comes to your claim, good isn't good enough. You deserve the best. To find out more about BRE Law and how they can help you, visit breinjurylaw.com. I have all these coffee
1: questions. Deal. fire them away. Yeah. So... You mentioned getting some for Brazil. What are the other major places that beans come from? And then are you- it sounds like you're making those decisions of where to source your beans
2: from, and are you making those kind of arrangements, or do you have a, you got a, you got a guy for that or something? Yeah, or? so we helped. Um, so I think the the biggest thing is you have distributors. You can't really just go to a farm and just buy coffee. I mean, you can, yeah. but getting it back across the border is very difficult, and you have a lot, a lot of people to pay off, a lot yeah, of tariffs sure. <laughs> to pay as well. So uh, there's a lot that Well, you
1: mentioned enough. you travel a lot. I thought maybe you were, like, traveling travel and, and bringing two cases full of beans back from well, uh, Brazil. Well, I have done that.
2: No, I, I've, uh, <laughs> I've just always uh, – Um, you know, collected things from wherever I go, you know, whether it's a sticker or whatever it is. But, um, but for me, like I traveled all over the U.S. so far, I've traveled, you know, internationally multiple times and um, I just, I'll collect memories, you know, just like everybody else does. But for me, the memory is like going into a new coffee shop that I've never been in tasting their coffee and seeing their vibe and, uh, and then collecting that and the things I like and keeping a notebook of like, okay, this was something they did really well. This was something I definitely hated, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, and that just kind of helps me mold you know, better shops in the future. And if I ever help anybody, um, you know, create another shop, then I'll know what's good, what works, what doesn't globally, you know? Um, I guess for me, a lot of my, you know, um, long-term, you know, goal is, is to just help people all the time, you know, with whatever, but mainly like with coffee, I would love to just help people open shops and the different shops, you know, whatever they are, you know, and just kind of come in as a consultant and just be like, well, this is definitely what you want to do. This is what you don't want to do. And then everything else is your preference. So what do you want to, what do you want to do? What do you want to create? Yeah. And, uh, and I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, so for us, um, we have a distributor obviously, and then we work with that distributor to kind of select the coffees. We were going to branch out into all these different types of coffee, but we landed so well on the Brazil, we've kind of just stuck with it. and. And as far as cost goes, it's not, like, an expensive coffee. It's not the cheapest, but um, we go for organic and fair trade, and so ours is kind of a little more high-priced. But because we roasted ourselves, we can afford to do that, um, and that gives us a healthy margin. And all okay, so that.
1: you're roasting it yourself. You're getting the raw beans. Yes, okay. absolutely. All right, and you said it, that's roasted in the... In Portland. In Portland. Yeah, so
2: okay. obviously the coffee scene's way more popular there, so there's what they call co-ops, mm-hmm. and there's multiple different... Uh, roasting co ops, and so you can go there, roast on your time, your dime, and then um, you know, make really great coffees. The software's all there, everything's there that you need. So it's way easier just to get in, get out, and then ship off the coffee wherever you want to ship it. So, okay, a lot of companies are doing that right now, and you'll see like a lot of them come across Instagram too, like doing the online sales. Um, they're roasting out of co ops as well,
1: yeah. yeah. So. so, there's a, another place in town, Coffee Hound, and they I always ask, like, what. Um like, what country do you want your coffee to be from? And <laughs> I just sort of pick the top one on, like, I pick whatever one's first, self a quarter, yeah. you know, I don't have that preference. But um, is it, like, Brazil and Guatemala are the two main ones, or Ethiopia, or, like, what? Um,
2: I would say the most popular coffees, hmm, probably the biggest growing regions would be Brazil for sure, and then also um, either Ethiopia or, um, hmm, Yeah, I'd have to look it up. But it would probably be Brazil and Ethiopia, I would say.
1: Yeah. And so, so I suppose what I should do when I'm asked that is to say... To ask them, like, what the flavor profiles are, yes. like you're asking about a right? That's your goal.
2: If you have a specific flavor that you like, do you have anything with, like, grapefruit in it? Or do you have anything with blueberry? Um, uh, do, you, do you have something chocolatey? That's kind of more my, my flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> I've always been a chocolate lover. Dark chocolate, like pure chocolate, the purest form of chocolate you can get, that's me, 100%. So, um, uh, you know, other people are like, I like the milk chocolate and all this junk. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> you don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. But I like, I'm a purist in some senses, so I, I really do like really good chocolate. I like really good mm-hmm. vanilla, um, uh, organic things, holistic things. I'm, I'm big into nutrition. I have a, I went to school for nutrition for a while, and so uh, for me, I love to help people in that way, and most of my um, main flavors right now are the purest forms I can get of it. Okay. Um, so that kind of helps with our That's flavor, good. too.
1: That helps me through that that decision point. <laughs> yeah, though. of course. These are my my main decisions I never know how to answer. I just answer randomly, light and dark, or on uh, what kind country you want it from. Yeah. So
2: now I'm empowered. Of course. Good deal. Well um. and I guess another big part of that too, if you want a little more learning part of it, is the 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 higher up you go, the sweeter the coffee gets and the lower you get, kinda of the darker Profiles you get, and so um, and then depending on how wet the region is, uh, like how you know um, saturated with rain it is, or how humid it is, and then how dry the the region is, and then also the higher you go up, or the, the lower you are in elevation. So there's some really amazing places out there that have great coffee that just don't really export it that much. Like Nepal is one of my favorite regions, right? They have a great growing profile, they have a great growing region. Uh, they're highly elevated and low. They have low elevation fields, and their coffee tastes. Amazing. Amazing. They don't export any of it. <laughs> okay. They actually drink all the coffee that they make oh. and that they grow. So it's really impressive. So you um, visited there? To oh check yeah. It yeah, out. yeah. I have friends who visited Nepal and then they've sent me back coffee and stuff. And so that's to me, that's one of my favorite coffees is Nepali coffee.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: Um how about equipment? are you doing everything? Is everything espresso So every do? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. for the most part, yeah. Okay. Um, we have drip coffee too, you know, and then we have um, the majority of our drinks are espresso drinks. Mm. Um, and then we have a good decaf as well. Um, I, I would say all of our equipment is almost ar- as artesian as you can get it in the sense of, like, if we were to take out all of our equipment and put it into a specialty shop, it would open perfectly. Okay. Um, so um, that's kind of the difference you have between our drive-thru and, like, a lot of other drive throughs that you may see around
1: Yeah, different ways of brewing coffee now. So I know that there's there's drip, there's um, pour over, Mm -hmm. espresso, um, cold brew. Like, kind of walk me through what what you what would be like the positives and negatives, each one of those? Or what should we take into account with
2: this? Um Well, a lot of people, it's really flavor and just taste preference. Um, like, I like espresso because it pools, like, the most of fats and acids, um, you know, and just nutritional value out of the, the bean.
1: And that's forcing high-pressure water yes, through it. exactly. Right? Okay.
2: So it makes a seal um, inside of a filter, and so you put the grounds in a filter, and that filter makes a seal on the machine, and then that machine puts um, about 10 bars or 10, you know. Um, yeah, 10 bars of pressure through those grounds and then kind of ex- extracts all of that, um, you know, fats and the oils and the sugars and all that stuff mm-hmm. out of the beans and uh, or out of the grounds. And so you get a really good taste out of that that you really can't match in almost anything else. Um, I, that's why coffee is so set apart because nothing else tastes like it. Um, but um, but then you have like cold brew, right? And cold brew is kind of nice. It's, it's more uh, cold brew and toddy have kind of taken the same name together. Really, it's just coffee that's in a bag or a pouch and it sits overnight to allow all those oils and stuff to kind of get saturated into the water um, but you have a lot more water involved and then you have a lot more time involved and then um, as well it's not always um, the temperatures kind of fluctuate because you have like it's hot and then you put it in the fridge and then it gets cold or sometimes you leave it out and then you put it in the fridge or sometimes you just put it in the fridge right away so it gets cold right away so there's a lot of different things and variables that kind of change the flavor on cold brew. But cold brew is really good. A lot of people prefer that to drip coffee. Yeah. But the only difference is it's cold. So if you don't like cold coffee, you're not going to like cold brew. Is
0: the acidic level a little different? The above?
2: acidic level is a lot different because it it, it allows itself that kind of the separation of all of its enzymes and things inside the water and so as that occurs it kind of neutralizes a lot of the acids so it's a way smoother coffee yeah Yeah.
0: that's one of the things I hear is that you know some certain coffees certain places are too acidic for some people and Mm -hmm. so I've I've, I've talked to them about cold brew before
2: yeah that's our espresso is one of the smoothest you can find Um, a lot of people kind of you know, big names, not going to mention it, you know, but big names, they uh, they shut down their shot way too soon. So they get only, it's like literally pure acid, um, which to me is just not flavorful, has no taste to it, burn, it's t- nasty, you know. And so um, so that's, I think, their biggest thing is that they shut it down too soon. It doesn't run for 27 seconds. Our shots run for 28 to 32 seconds, anywhere in there, um, and you're going to get a good shot from that. And we have about, you know, if your filter is the right size and stuff like that, now obviously automatic machines. They're using a smaller portafilter, so there's obviously going to be less coffee in that. Um, And so then you have the difference there, too, because a lot of those automatic machines that you see, um, they're giving you less, you know, for your money, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a lot more coffee in our drinks. And you would think then when you want to sugar it up a lot, well, you kind of do, you kind of don't, because a little bit goes a long way, and you can really change the flavor profile of that if you do that too much. So there's a lot involved. So then drip coffee, we're all familiar with Mm -hmm. it. What does that do to coffee bean though? Uh, so the coffee, so it depends on uh, how commercial your equipment is. Ours is the kind of rain version of uh, drip coffee. So yeah, instead of just like pouring through a tiny little nozzle, it's actually pouring through like 15, 20, or 30 different nozzles and all at once. So that way it saturates the full basket at once and then that comes through its own nozzle and then that um, you know, gets down into the, the pots and stuff. And so that's good, but like I said, you have a lot of grounds and you have a lot of water at first. So it falls into it, takes all the good stuff with it. And then after that, it's just kind of soaking and falling and soaking and falling. So you don't get as much. And so you really need to brew a full pot before you get the full flavor of what your mm. your drink's actually going to taste like. You know, if you get too too much too soon, people are like, oh, just give it to me fresh. Well, that would be the strongest. And then after that, there'd almost be no... Coffee flavor left. I mean, there would be, but not you know yeah. in comparison. Yeah. And so, um, so that's the difference there is, I guess, the stage of which it falls and stuff like that. Um, so I would kind of rate the strength of coffee and the flavor of coffee in 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 you know best to worst, probably from espresso being best, and then the least flavorful coffee would kind of land on either either nitro or um, drip coffee. And then what would be more flavorful, would you'd have in the middle, cold brew, you'd have pour-overs would be more flavorful. Because at least pour-overs, you're kind of starting on the outside of the rim, working your way into the middle. So you kind of get it all the way through the process. And you're getting a smaller amount in the sense of a cup. So you get the full flavor of those grinds mm-hmm. in that cup. All right, interesting. Things like that, yeah.
1: Cool. Well, you strike me as kind of a analytical
2: guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have this creative side of my brain that I try to nurture, but the majority of it is yeah. obviously overwhelmed by the analytical side.
1: Yeah, so you're, you know, you've got traffic projections, you've got um <laughs> things like that going on. Yeah. So, um do you consider yourself more of a coffee bu- guy that does business or a business guy that does
2: coffee or a little bit of both? You know, it's just it, it's just me, I guess. It's just I've I've always my identity has always kind of been in coffee and in like uh, you know the visual spectrum as far as like photography and things like that. Um, when I was young, we gave away our Christmas presents for like our, the first computer that we ever had, and I just learned everything I could about that equipment. You know, and I guess that's what I've always liked is mach- like machinery, I guess, or technology. Um, whether it's cameras or whether it's video equipment or whether it's, you know, microphones or whatever, I've always enjoyed like learning about each different thing or even like the human body, like learning about nutrition and all these different things. I've always enjoyed that. Um, one of my, you know, long-term you know, probably impossible goals uh, has always been to work on like the world's first like interplanetary spaceship. Okay. Um, I always thought that would be really cool to do. And, um, and, uh, so I keep up with some of the sciences there and stuff like that. Um, but that's, you know, on the nerd level. But, uh, but coffee is kind of like that you can break it down there's so much involved and even after you think you've learned everything about it there's still so much more to learn yeah. you
1: should go see if rivian needs a coffee shop in there. <laughs> absolutely. get, down, get down on the ground floor absolutely i probably should yeah, yeah. so good from,
0: from a business sense you mentioned that uh, a future goal of wanting to franchise do you have benchmarks in mind of when you want to do that and how many you want to do and in any kind of detail
2: you could throw in there? Well, the most difficult part about it is having multiple owners, each with their own goals and, like, ideas of success and all of that. Um, So I think that's going to be the biggest determining factor is can we work together to build this thing the way that would give it, you know, credit, I guess, you know, credit um, in the sense of its value. But, um, But I think, you know, outside of this first year, we wanted to land, like, almost exactly at a year and kind of see where we're at do a, do a table meeting and kind of really discuss okay now what's the future of the shop you know are we gonna expand are we gonna grow more what are we gonna do um, so you, that's kind of the goal is the one-year mark do you
0: see yourself opening more corporate stores before a franchise or are you looking to franchise as soon as possible or?
2: Um, you know it's really uh, what makes the most sense I yeah. guess and it, and the hardest part is that we're still learning so much from this shop yeah um, and so you know and then would people love it more or like it less if it was the Starting to franchise out and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think we could keep it to the to the quality level to where people just love it all the time, um, but that would take a lot of hard work and it would take a lot of people working together in sync. Um, and right now, I don't feel like we have the sync that we need. Um, so I've, I think you know coming up on a year, you know in August again, um, I think that'll be a really good eye opener. Okay, how do we feel about this? You know, where are we at? You know, both ourselves and then also the shop. You know, how many people do you employ uh, right now? I think I think it's 11, okay. 10 or eleven. I, I wouldn't like to have that many. You know, I'd like to have just you know few solid workers as possible. But the hardest part about it is. Um uh, everybody's schedules, you know, yeah. you have yeah. the college students, you have the high school students and nobody's like full time. So, um, I would love to have a couple just full timers, you know, but everybody that I've trained so far is, is skilled, you know, everybody I've trained so far is like, to me, it's just solid, you know, I don't have to worry about them. Um, you know, I can, I can go travel and then come back and know that the shop's going to be, you know, in one piece <laughs> and sure, stuff. Yeah. So, so that's good. Um, good experience and stuff. Well, as that's one of the is.
1: things I've noticed my wife and I, as we've gone through, it seems like you're hiring. And good people with good commitment to customer service. They're they're very personable and they yes. usually ask how we're doing. And it'd be easy if you're just in this little cold building, you know, with people just driving by. Just yeah. to take someone's order, but they always seem to make a little extra effort to just uh, you know connect.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's one of the first things I teach is like, guys, try to make a, an authentic connection. You know, we're all human. We're all here for the same reasons. You know, um, one of my favorite things to do is wake up in the morning, give the first person that comes in a cup of coffee because they're like, they set the mood for almost the rest of the day. And like, when you give them that coffee and you put a smile on their face, like, anything's possible at that point. You yeah. know, um, especially when most of us wake up like, oh man. I get out of bed, you know, or whatever it is. I mean, who doesn't wake up like that? Especially
1: in January and February in central Illinois.
2: Oh, my goodness. Uh, That was another eye-opening experience is how cold (laughs) it can actually get here. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah, you came at uh, a non-ideal time, I would say. (laughs) I was talking to someone else, and they're like, yeah, I've been here a couple of months. I just don't know if I can stay here because it's so cold. On You literally came at the coldest time. Yeah. Like, give it a, give another solid six months and then, you know, yeah. get through summer. Let me know what you think. I think uh, spring's going to be really beautiful. I do.
2: And I, I, I think that'll be one of the best times for coffee spring and summer, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, What's the meaning of the name? Uh, blooms so a number of different meanings. Number one was just the the fact that the bloom cycle of the plant, it goes through this blooming process and it's a long cycle of the plant. Um, waiting for that blooming process is important and stuff and, and it creates the quality of the bean and stuff. So um, so that and then also blooms for Bloomington. I mean that was just kind of a no brainer for me. Oh, okay. You know, like okay. as soon as cool. as soon as we saw the location, I was just like Bloomington, blooms. Like it was just it was instantaneous. So um, and then also, we had uh, some friends that helped us, like um, with the ideas of the shop and stuff. And so they uh, they were like, "Well, what about this?" You know, and we we're like, "Okay, maybe." You know, and then we kind of changed it to what it is now. So, um, so blooms, and then also kind of how we want the shop to be, and and what we want our employees to be like and stuff, and the color that kind of comes in with that. The only difference is I'm trying to create kind of this nostalgic retro, uh, I would say, vapor 80s vibe, neon, you know, colors and stuff like that, and kind of the bloom from that, you know, like the bloom colors from that. So um, it's hard to do, like to, to hit a niche that you know is there, but you're like trying to find it, you know? Yeah. And so we're, we're close, you know, we're almost there, but I think it'll take a little bit yet yeah, before we really nail it on the head, so. Okay. Well, that'd be
1: awesome if, um you know, if this place takes off and we've got our namesake out there in parts of the country. Um, is there anything that you think locally could be done to try to help you be more successful?
2: Oh, man, there's so many things.
1: <laughs> number one Someone is, listening might be in, uh, able to influence something. So
2: Oh, yeah, of course. No, you're right. Um, it's all who you know, and and just people telling, like, hey, you know, I get coffee from here, try it out, you know, see if you like it. I think that word of mouth is one of the best... I mean, it is the best marketer, is word of mouth, you know. Whether they heard about it on Instagram and then they word of mouthed it, you know, whatever, but word of mouth is still the best marketing tool. And um, and I, I guess uh, different things that would help out outside or just, like, you know, positive feedback, like, hey, you know, I love you guys' shop, and, uh, you know, this is, uh, I think, something where, you know, uh, I would love it if you guys kind of worked this in somehow or something like that. That always helps us. Um, and especially whenever there's a bad experience. I think that's the most important. If there's a bad experience, not to just, like, run away, you know, uh, like, leave the shop and never come back, you know, like, that's R- the worst thing Facebook. you can do. Yeah, right <laughs> yeah. No, if you have a negative experience, just come back and tell us. Like, that allows us to uh, kind of an open dialogue to where we can fix it and make the problem completely gone, you know, and kind of reverse and maybe even make you like it more than you did when you, you know, we even thought you would, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing. Um, And just for people to know that we – we specialize to drink however you want it so if you want it sweet or if you want it coffee whatever you want we'll find a way to make it exactly what you Mm -hmm. want
1: is that space I'm thinking about the space there too so Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't mention this Uh, Justin and I are kind we're on the Bloomington Planning Commission so we're kind of like nice we're kind of like zoning planning geeks and so I look at spaces and think about how spaces would be more or less conducive to things so um, I guess a couple questions I have about that space of course do you own enough where if you want to try to expand that building like that's feasible for you okay
2: Um, I've thought about that a number of different ways I think the most important thing is that the more base we have and the more growth we can see then the more we can project for that vision of the future because I would love to have an inside shop there Um, Also, I wouldn't mind keeping it a drive-thru, but maybe taking the whole front space and turning that into, like, an outdoor, like, bar, actual coffee bar area. So we would have, like, a wooden beam that kind of goes across the front. The front windows we'd turn into opening windows. Oh, nice. And then you'd be able to chill there with, like, tall tables to stand, you know, standing tables. And then maybe, you know, back a little further, we do like a gazebo kind of setup up with lights and stuff like that for yeah. the summer months.
1: Yeah. So. As I'll say, I walked over from church the other day and it was a little difficult to try to get in there on foot. Yes. So it is kind of trick at this point. I so. would
2: love to do that. Um, so initially, if we did that, it was going to cost like an extra three to five grand. Yeah. and well, it makes we, sense. You want to iterate towards it, yes, right? Yes, exactly. And yeah. so I think now it's even better that we didn't do it because we learned all the things of like okay, this would be even better if we did it this way yeah. and, and changing all of this. You know, and again,
1: we did December to it. February is not a good time to, yes. to
2: gauge I, that. I, I think we would have gotten no value out of it had we, had we gone that direction. Yeah. Maybe a little, but not, not yeah. as much as I'd like.
1: And so I guess, like, technically it is walkable for people, but um, it's not, not the most um, convenient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and play for it.
2: So I think it's really people and how they respond to to it. You know, if you walk up, we're definitely going to serve you. You know, it's we we definitely had walk ups like the first day, the second day, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we don't mind at all. Uh, in the summer months, we're going to get a lot of that too. Yeah. So if you walk up, we we'll, we will take care of you, and we'll take care cool. of you in the same order and stuff. So
1: yeah, sounds good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, I, I say again, I just really appreciated that going into that spot because that that place yeah. I, vacant for quite a while and it just seemed like it's got to be a good location for people to grab a cup of coffee so and then um you know that that whole unit right there now that the post office is gone hopefully something can take over the post office but it's nice to have a little bit of life growing up there and there's the popcorn place across the street that just went in they there was an empty gas station there for like Six years or something like that, and then the, that, that popcorn place has now gone in. So it's yeah. good to see that side of that part of town giving some love.
2: The best thing I think that could open in that spot is either a paintball arena. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, a Trader Joe's, hands down. If oh, a Trader yeah. Joe's went into that spot, it would change the town completely.
1: I don't get why we don't have one. I don't really understand it either. I me.
2: think there's a tor- territorial thing involved, but yeah. if they could find a way to get past that, or at least the city to work it so that they could, um, it, w- it would just make sense. There's no fiscal reason why they wouldn't shouldn't be in there. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think it's probably. It'd probably be the closest grocery store for a lot of people on oh, the side yeah. of town, too. I Absolutely. guess Green Top is sort of like on the other direction, but yeah. yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Well,
2: and the cost factors, and then also um, just the, the customer service level, it pairs so well with what our vision is. Like, if you've ever been in a Trader Joe's, the one thing you can always count on is their customer service level. It's like... You know, and so that that's kind of what would mirror well with us for sure. So, but I I, yeah. I see Bloomington as an up and coming. I know a lot of people feel like oh, State Farm's moving out and this and that. Um, you know, I, I think Bloomington's one of those ones that'll surprise you and make a real strong comeback for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Well, I hope um hope you are continue to be happy with your decision to come oh, here. Cool, I um I I'm also happy we talked because I. I'm just interested to hear how this came about and it was a it was a far more interesting story than I expected it. It kind of went all over the globe there. So <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. So, yeah, um, I'll thank my wife, Susan. She recommended that I reach out to you because uh, she has a BB-8 credit card. <laughs> and you, she came through, and you talked to her at length about uh, about Star Wars. <laughs> and she was like, he seems like the kind of guy you should talk to. <laughs> yeah. He can jabber on about nerdy stuff. I yeah. was like, yes, that's my that's my population. So, um, Anything else? Uh, if people want to so – see, you said you're on Instagram. Yeah. If people want to um, – find out more, like, about your menu or anything, can, where where
2: should they go? Um, honestly, the best place for the menu right now is our Joe app. So it's joe.coffee, and you just download it in the Play Store or, or Apple Store. And um, our full menu is on there. You can see all the different flavors we have. And um, and we still have more flavors beyond what's even on there. So you definitely can see the vastness of what we offer there. And then if you ever have any questions, just shoot us a message, message on Instagram or Facebook. Okay. Um, and I know that you got
1: a bunch of stickers on your building, too, if uh, people want to stick local stickers absolutely, up there. Free to do that. You yep. don't need to ask advertising, permission or
2: anything. Advertising posts, as long as it's nothing, you know, offensive. Yeah. Uh, preferably nothing political. Um, we'll take those off. But business-wise, absolutely. Um, anything people are trying to promote, um, maybe a uh, cure for cancer, whatever it is, go ahead and throw it on there.
1: Mm-hmm. All, All right. right.
2: Cool. Well, thanks a lot for stopping by, Noah. Absolutely. It was really nice to get to know you. You too. Cool.
1: And uh, you probably hear in the background here at Play Normal eSports, there's another birthday party going on. seems to be happening more often than not lately. It's a great place to come for a birthday party, very reasonable price. Check out Play Normal eSports online. Always all kinds of daily specials going on and events. And, of course, uh, Normal Gadgets is here, too, to fix all that broken stuff. I know some of you are listening to this on a phone with a cracked screen. So just come in. Stop procrastinating. Just come in. And get it fixed already. It's not that much money. And uh, people will stop judging you for your cracked phone. And, of course, also thank you to BRE Law as well, our other sponsor. And uh, I think we're done.
0: Let's be done.